0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to your first off-season episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We have been away from you for a month at this point, but let me tell you, not only did we miss you all, but the batteries are recharged and we are ready to go. So be with us every other week for some brand new Buffalo Bills content, Big Newt. How you feeling, big man?
1: Man, I missed you, man. Most of all, I miss Bill's Mafia, man. It's, it's, it seems like such a long time since we've been on the <laughs> airways, man, and the people are hitting us up. When y'all going to be back on? And, I mean, yeah, a lot has went down, not only in our lives, but, you know, Bill's Nation and football and the NFL as a whole, a lot of things have been going down. So it's good to be back.
0: It has, and there, there have been things going on in life, and how's your life right now, buddy? You okay? Well, it's a lot
1: better than it was this time two weeks ago. i tell you that. I mean, and, um, so that's the reason why we haven't been on, we were supposed to be on two weeks ago, but, uh, my daughter suffered an injury, um, in a basketball game two weeks ago when we had to rush into the hospital. Uh, she was temporarily paralyzed. Uh, she suffered concussion and whiplash, but, uh, yeah, she's healthy now. She's back at it. So I can't thank you and Anthony Marino, everybody at Bill uh, Buffalo Rumblings for the support you've given me. But yeah, but two weeks ago it was a scary experience dealing with Simone, but she's much better now. We
0: love Simone, and we're so glad to hear that she has a uh, clean bill of health going forward. So Simone, if you're listening, we've been thinking about you, buddy. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, But this episode of Jamie D and Big Newt, we don't want to make it somber. What we do want to talk about is what turned out to be, in my view, a successful 2021 season. And we are going to give you our report card of the Buffalo Bills offense by position group. And I'm fairly confident that you and I are going to disagree in a couple of places. And the listeners are definitely not going to fully agree with everything that we have to say. And if that's the case, tell us why you agree. Tell us why we're complete idiots. Get a hold of me on Twitter, at the Jamie D'Amico. Get a hold of him at Big underscore Newt. I mean, you are very active on Twitter.
1: Like, you you have a good Twitter presence. I, I, I wouldn't say great but yeah between the two of us i'm probably more on there more i, I like interacting you know me man i like talking to total strangers anyway tumming it up so yeah i mean if you disagree you tell us hey y'all idiots go ahead let us know man you know I, everybody's uh, entitled to their opinions and we're not saying ours is any more important than yours but yes i do agree because you know me I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic on the bills than maybe you are. So I'm sure my grades are <laughs> higher. Yours gonna be a little <laughs> lower.
0: You speak truth, but uh you know, I and I can say this with um w- with a great amount of certainty. Whether you agree or disagree with us, we make it a point to always have a civil conversation yeah. with you. You know, so don't worry about us trying to uh, trying to dunk on you just because you have a different opinion. That's not well, how we roll.
1: <laughs> well, unless you, as long as you're respectful. If you're not respectful, then I'm gonna show up to your house like Mr. T. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see that. Oh, I want to see that. <laughs> no, nah, they're gonna call the police. I wouldn't even make it to your neighborhood. They'll call the police. Officers. My neighborhood? Are you kidding me? <laughs> your neighborhood in rochester how about that
0: okay in rochester yes your dad's neighborhood when you when you showed up there with me that one time uh, the neighbors were coming out on their front porches staring it was weird
1: yeah (laughs) and we we always tell that story about how when i came up there everybody looking at me crazy but then you had the uh Amish people riding down the road (laughs) and nobody, no, nobody care about them, huh? I thought that was the craziest stuff, man. I've never seen that before coming out of St. Louis. Central
0: Pennsylvania, man. (laughs) Oh God. That 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 was was amazing. Route 15 in central Pennsylvania. It was, it was pretty incredible. That's, you know, they they say it's two large cities with Alabama in between. And you (laughs) you saw it firsthand. Yep. Anyway. We're going to get started on the report card, and I think that you have to start at the very top of the list with the most important position on an NFL team. Mitchell Trubisky only took a few snaps for the entire season, so I I think that when you talk about this position group, you're just talking about Josh Allen. How do you grade the quarterback position for the Buffalo Bills?
1: I honestly would say if anyone has anything less than an A plus, you're an idiot, and just go ahead and log <laughs> off. Just go ahead and log off in uh, all social media in any kind of contact. If you have a problem, it, once again, man, I and I I give the same energy, man. I give the same energy, man. I was a doubter. I questioned it. It it probably wasn't just because it's Josh Allen. It's just because it's the Buffalo Bills and we're scared to take that leap of faith (laughs) all the way in. But Josh Allen, man, he he could not have performed the second half of the season, including the playoff run, any better. What he did in the playoffs, if he Mm -hmm. wasn't already considered the best in the league, he solidified himself as one of the top three, top three, top four senior callers in the league. We're going into next season as a 7-1 Vegas odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. We're there because, once again, we have one of the best defenses in the league, but we have one of the best offenses that is headed by him. Um, we talked about this in our last show. I'll repeat it again because it's been a month. If we win that coin toss in to Kansas City, we advance. No doubt. Okay, we, we can agree on that. So we can't ask for too much more from that position. Um, Josh Allen's one of the best in the league. I'm banging the drum endlessly. Um, and, and to me, not only the second, I know this is the second half of the season report card, but when you're a good team, and this is why I like feeling like this, That's why I can't be too somber. When you're a good team, the regular season really doesn't matter. Like, once again, I always make basketball references because I'm a big basketball fan. Kevin Durant is a – who cares about the regular season at this point? When you're winning championships and you're a contender, it's all about the postseason. And what Josh Allen did was – it was – I mean, it was amazing. It was – I mean, historic. I mean, for two games. So, I'm definitely giving him an A+, and I'm sure you would, too.
0: Except I don't.
1: Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Except I don't. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess I should probably log off now, huh? Yeah, don't Uh, and just... I'm going to say something wrong, but I don't think we can say that. <laughs> just, go ahead, just go ahead and log off. That's what I'm going to say, but I'm thinking something else. Just go ahead and just go under a rock and pass out.
0: Allow me to explain. I think to a degree, Josh Allen is a victim of his own success in that expectations for Josh Allen are probably the standard – is probably higher for him than it would be for others in the league. And there is one aspect of his game that I think he could have improved upon this past season. Now, I agree with you. What we saw from the end of the season, basically against New England, and then the two playoff games, was just unreal. I mean it's some of the best quarterbacking we have ever seen in the NFL the statistics bear out he had almost a perfect quarterback rating yes in, in the playoff games yes he had fewer interceptions or fewer incompletions than he had touchdowns at, at different points in the season mhm but there's one area that knocks him down from an A plus to an A for me. Now, a mortal quarterback that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the case, but Josh Allen is immortal already. The one area that needs improvement with him is consistency. Now, if you look at his quarterback rating from game to game, he is as high as 139 which is almost a a perfect rating but he also dips as low as 17 in some games it was rare for him to string together a number of really good games without having a clunker in there for example against the Atlanta Falcons he was 11 for 26 for 120 yards 3 interceptions that's terrible That is not a good game. If that were Mac Jones, we'd be saying, see, we told you the guy sucks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, But the
0: week before against the New England Patriots, he was 30 for 47 for 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And oh, by the way, he ran for, you know, against Atlanta, he ran for 80 yards on 15 carries and 64 yards against New England in that game. Um, you know, when when the games were big, he didn't shy away from it. He actually played really well this year. But I'm going to give him an A instead of an A plus just because he had some a couple clunkers along the way. The Jacksonville game comes
1: to mind. A sixty hard. a sixty two rating. Yeah. But My thing is this, though. You have to address what I said about postseason. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing up all the Atlanta game and you bringing up the Jacksonville game, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mm-hmm. get it, but I'd be remiss if I didn't. 329 yards, bro, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 308 yards, five touchdowns mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And throw in the rushing yards that he had. I didn't get to that. You interrupted me so rudely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a dick.
1: 60 60, 60 plus yards rushing. So you have basically 400 yards of offense, four or five touchdowns, and two playoff games. So when you look at that, it's kind of like, I don't care what he did against Jacksonville. I don't care what he did against Atlanta. The greatest of all time had bad games. Sure. Tom Brady had bad games. Joe Montana had bad games. Uh, who else? I mean, John Elway had bad games, but it's the playoffs. That's why I prefaced my argument in saying in the playoffs, you can ask for nothing better. And if we would have won the coin toss, you even admitted to yourself that, yourself that if we would have won that coin toss, he probably would have drove down the field and scored like Mahomes did. And Mahomes yeah. is one of the best in our history in a short time. So that's I, I would go as far as to say
0: they win that coin toss, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because so Josh right. Allen was a man possessed at that point in the season.
1: Yeah. So to me, that trumps like when I when I hear that, I, I'm not gonna remember the Jackson I and I know you're doing it for the show. No, I'm, I'm not. not. I am this gonna, much of a cynic. I'm not gonna think about the like Jacksonville game. And Atlanta game, I could care less. If you're going to give me playoff games like that, then I could sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all. And I and once again, I understand your argument. I get it. But no, man, that those two regular season games doesn't trump playoff games. And that's what this dude did in the playoffs. Now, if it was the reverse, where he had 100-some yards, 17 QBR in the playoffs, then I'd be like, yeah, we need to figure something out. Yeah, then you'd be mad. I would be mad if it was in reverse. And so, a lot of times, things are sequential. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you look at some people, like if if Tom, they was talking about Tom Brady retiring or whether or not he's going to come back this year. If Tom Brady had two two years in Tampa Bay, right? So if he won the Super Bowl, he won the Super Bowl, and then came up short the second year. What if it was in reverse? If he would have came up short his first year and won the Super Bowl this year, but yeah, so would his lovely wife, his beautiful model wife, be forcing him out of football if he would have won the Super Bowl this year? So I, I don't know. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? That's why things are sequential. So that's how we evaluate things. It would be a different situation. So I would understand your argument more if if it was like that in the playoffs, but he had historic playoffs, so I don't think about the regular season. So wait a minute. You're saying it's sequential.
0: Does that basically mean that you are advocating for recency bias? Or are you saying that the playoffs are more important so they should be given extra points?
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying, the latter. Okay. The playoffs is more important. If the yes, playoff true. it like if he starts the year slow next year, then recent bias would be like, oh, he sucks. No, I'm going to remember these playoffs. Now, come <laughs> next year, if he does that in the playoffs, then I'm going to forget about these playoffs. So, But, but yeah, the playoffs are more important, so they're weighted higher. Just Rich like Eisen
0: great. basically said, expect to see Josh Allen in Canton because he's going to be that good consistently.
1: And Doug Flutie said this week also that he could see – Josh Allen taking over as the best Buffalo Bills quarterback ever over our beloved Jim Kelly. Who would have thunk thunk that? Is that sacrilege to say? Not if he wins the Super Bowl. Oh, you're right. Don't get me on that, man, because I go off on a tangent about that. What do you think about statues? I'm sorry, I'm going off a tangent, but you got it. I'm going off script a little bit. What do you think about statues? Should should Jim Kelly have a statue? Because right now, um at our stadium, it's only uh Ralph Wilson, I believe. Is there another mm-hmm. statue? I know it's Ralph Wilson because when I went there last time, I saw the Ralph Wilson statue. I took a picture with it. There's no more statues, right? No. Okay. So should Jim Kelly have a statue? Not while no. he's living. No. I help you. No. <laughs> no. You but if Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl. If Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl, put a statue up. Okay. Okay. If you win a championship, you get a statue. And once again, I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm mixing arguments here. I'm a Notre Dame, big Notre Dame fan. All our coaches who won national championships in Notre Dame got a statue. There's like eight statues in Notre Dame Stadium. Mm-hmm. The last one being Lou Holtz winning the championship in 1988. Okay. If you win a championship, you get the statue. Jim Kelly would, and I love Jim Kelly, you know this, mm-hmm. but he didn't get it done. We didn't win a championship. If he we win a championship, McDermott gets a statue, Jim Kelly gets a statue, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, not Jim Kelly, I'm sorry, Josh Allen. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah. Josh Allen gets a statue. What
2: okay.
0: What do you think? Okay. I, uh, I can't disagree. Okay. Um, if it's somebody who's not a Super Bowl winner, I think that it has to be it has to be raised posthumously as is in like a memorial gotcha because even though the the best player in Buffalo Bill's history is Bruce Smith, the most important Buffalo Bill to this point is Jim Kelly
1: to this point yes yeah and and Baltimore. Ray uh Ray Lewis has a statue. Okay.
2: Yeah. In
1: Indianapolis, I'm just trying to think of the stadiums I visited. Indianapolis, Peyton Manning has a statue. Mm-hmm. In Carolina, Sam Mills has a statue. Sam Mills? Yeah. Huh. Sam Mills has a statue in, in, in Carolina, along with coaches. They have a couple. Okay. Okay. So I think, once again, I think Stan Mills is more Memorial type, you know, what you said before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, you know, was one of the more important players in their in their history. But Peyton Manning, Ray Lewis. So if we would have won during our Super Bowl years, if we would have won a Super Bowl, it would have been Jim Kelly. No, it wouldn't have been Bruce Smith. Mm-hmm. It would have been Jim Kelly. Okay only way Bruce Smith makes it is we don't have a Hall of Fame type quarterback, and I think that's why of course, Indianapolis paint Ma, you get it yeah, absolutely, yeah, okay but yes the, but we would all tennis, but yes, if Josh Allen gets it done, he gets a statue, he okay, gets a statue man. and he gets it, and he gets it the next year. don't even wait. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it next year. Just like I want to see Super Bowl parade, I want to come up there for the unveiling of his statue. Don't even play around. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to running back.
1: Okay, okay I'm sorry, y'all.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Uh, what sort of grade do you give the running back position?
1: I said B-. minus. Okay, B-. explain. Okay, Singletary runs for 100-plus yards. He looked good in, in the playoffs. He looked good the second half of the season. He looked like he could be our uh, our lead back. If you remember correctly, over the summer, we did our predictions. I said wrongly that Zach Moss would overtake Singletary. That looks like I was crazy, and I rarely admit that. So please strike that from the record as if we were in court. Um, but Singletary looked apart the second half of the season. Once again, 100 and some yards in the playoffs. Um. He was a nice substitute, uh, complimentary player to Josh Allen in the playoffs running the football. He looked the part. He kept some drives alive. I'm okay with that. Uh, I know right now, and we're going to talk more about going into the draft and what we're going to look to replace to make this team better. Um, I don't see us going running back in the first three or four rounds, no matter what, no matter who's there. I think he's good enough, so I don't know if we're going to keep Moss as our second running back from the year he had. We might look to replace that position, but as far as our starting running back, I think we found it in Singletary, so I gave it a B-. minus.
0: Okay, and I too have them at a B-. minus. Singletary, like you said, he rounded into form, but Zach Moss regressed. Matt Breda was a non-factor. Now, There is an aspect to this that needs to be pointed out, which is I believe that the coaching held back the running back position. It wasn't until late in the season that they changed their blocking scheme, which allowed the running game to take off a bit and become dominant. The Bills were forcing a zone blocking scheme on a team that was built for pulling and allowing the athleticism of some of those players. Now, maybe it had a lot to do with Ryan Bates getting on the field and being a guy that can't really do the zone blocking the way they had hoped, but the line wasn't zone blocking well to begin with. Cody Ford being on the field, that made a difference. Uh, He's just not very good. So would Devin Singletary have gone over 1,000 yards for the season if they had the right blocking scheme in place? As it was, he had 870 yards. But overall the Bills' running backs had 1,343 yards. Josh Allen had more than half of that himself. That's not what you want to see. We don't want to see that. No, Josh Allen had 763 yards. That tells me that the Bills have a single decent running back and two guys that are replacement level. I can't do better than a B-minus. So where do you want to go next? Do you want to stick with the skill positions or do you want to go to the trenches, my man?
1: Uh, My next one was a tight end. All right, let's go tight end. I got a B-minus for our tight end room. B-minus for the tight end room. I like Knox, and I think a lot of that is going to be off potential. Some of it is what we saw this year out of Knox. 587 yards, nine touchdowns. But I, I'm very optimistic of what he's gonna be. I would like to see us somehow bring in a second tight end, and if uh, Tom Brady stays retired, maybe Gronk will come home, maybe, and play a year in Buffalo. Originally being originally from the uh, Buffalo area, how nice would that be? Would it would it be bygones? Be bygones with him? Would you accept him? and number 87 in the Buffalo uniform if he was to come play with Buffalo? I would. Um, okay.
0: You know, I think it's the kind of thing where it's – we as fans, we hold grudges against opposing players. But if Trey White and the other Buffalo Bills were okay with him, I would be okay with
1: him. See, man, you that's bigger, you, man. So you'll be able – it's funny that you bring in Trey White – we all remember the New England game where he, Rob constantly cheap-shotted Tredavis White, and everybody hated him. I was actually at that game, New England against uh, Buffalo a few years ago. That's actually the last home game I've been to.
0: Oh, that's yeah. the one where you uh, you posed with Jim Kelly, Kim Pagula, and Sal Capaccio, isn't it? That is the very game I got on the field.
1: I talked oh. my way out to the field. So.
0: And, and this man has receipts about hanging <laughs> out with them. <laughs> And I know I've said this before, but Jim Kelly looks like he is utterly thrilled to be hanging out with you in that picture.
1: Shout out, man. Shout out to Ken Pagula. Shout out to Pinto Ryan, man. He fed me, didn't know me from Adam, man. And had chicken wings and and drank from that, that uh bowling ball that everybody drank from and threw it on the ground. So we <laughs> did all we did all the uh traditions of going to a Buffalo Bills game in Orchard Park. So which you, which I found hilarious that you thought that that was disgusting, and I thought that was what everybody did. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I would never drink out of that bowling ball. Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm like, hey, everybody else doing it, Nuke gonna do it. So, but yeah, um, if we could get a good second tiny, will Tommy Sweeney develop into that? I don't know. Um, but if we were to get Gronk, man, I'd be happy, man. I will actually probably buy that dude's jersey, man, and wear it, um, <laughs> and have a dual tight end set, man. So, but yeah, I think Dawson Knox he improved over the offseason. season. He saw the eye hand uh, coaches, and and he he did have drops this year, a few, but but he has some big games too. So as a young tight end, um, I see a lot of promise in him. So, I, but for his performances, I give a B minus. If, if Dawson Knox
0: was in a different offense that had fewer playmakers, I think you would see him featured a lot more. And you would see him sort of rise to the surface as as one of the better tight ends in the NFL. His athleticism is destructive on defenses. They just they can't seem to run with him. He's big. He's strong. I give him a B. He's regressed as a blocker, but there are things that he can do that other players can't. I guess I say I give him a B. I give the position group a B because you have him who's a decent receiver, not great, not a good blocker, and the other guys are replacement level. I don't know that I can go any higher than that, but I'm going with a B because I think that Knox turned it on toward the end of the season, and he's, he's a tough guy to cover. Um, I want it, but going forward, I want to see him run better routes. I want to see him block better and I want to see them add depth. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it in the future. I don't think there's a lot of options out there this year to add depth via free agency. So this might have to be a draft kind of thing.
1: Okay. So would you, if we go, once again, we're going to talk about the draft early as it leads closer to that day. Um, if we decided to go, the first three rounds and I always say the draft first three rounds because obviously those are the premium picks those are the people who you think are going to come in make an immediate impact hopefully um if we spent a a first second or third round pick on a tiny position you wouldn't be upset about that you know
0: when you're a team like the bills which does have some some gaps in the roster, I probably wouldn't be thrilled with a first round pick. Um, but a second I could be sold on, and a third I would say definitely yes. Okay. So, what about receiver?
1: Receivers, man. I gave it an A minus. A minus. I gave it an A And once again, a lot of that is because, um, Davis went out and had one of the most prolific playoff games ever in NFL history. Four touchdowns in a playoff game, which might be billed as one of the best playoff games of all time, even though we came up short. Well, it is. He set a record for both yardage and touchdowns. Yeah, and that's from my fourth receiver. And that, and that, And so I talked to my friends, and I said this last summer, that we have one of the best receiving rooms in the NFL. And I said that because... Our third, our third receiver essentially, okay, was Cole Beasley, and he was an All Pro last year. Mm-hmm. Now he didn't make that this year. I get it. All right, Stefon Diggs, they're comparable. We know what he was capable of the whole season. All right, as a number one receiver, Mangle Sanders, he showed flashes. Isaiah McKenzie had a couple of good games. Gabriel Davis, though, mm-hmm. all right. To go out there and have the game that he had was, it? well, first of all, it was unheard of, mm-hmm. okay? And he had a good playoff. I mean, he had a pretty good playoff run this year. Uh, but I have a 200 yards, four or five touchdowns, man. You can't beat that. So I gave us an A minus. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to the receiver room this year. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts. A lot of people got us taking a cornerback in the first round. Some people got us taking a receiver in the first round. Um, I don't know if I want to do that. Even if we lost Cole Beasley, I feel like we could still go into the uh, the season with our receiver room. Minus Cole, if if he uh, becomes a, a casualty of the salary cap, I'm okay with it with Gabriel Davis. I don't know what's going to happen to Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm sure we could get a mid-level guy. But as long as we got Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, I'm pretty cool with that going into the season.
0: Okay. I give them an A. And I give them an A because even though there was a step back in performance by both Stephon Diggs and um, and Cole Beasley, you saw a little more production out of Emmanuel Sanders than you did John Brown a year ago. And Gabriel Davis, you, you saw the development in, in that guy. He looks good going forward. I am one who believes that Isaiah McKenzie is overrated by the Bills fan base. He's, he's a gadget player who had a singular good game and it was a great game, but (laughs) you know, he is, he is a number four, number five receiver at best. So when teams are out there looking at him in free agency, someone's going to overpay for a guy who just isn't going to be a difference maker. So anyway, I I do give them an A because I don't think you could have had the performance that Josh Allen put forth unless you also had good receivers who were
1: able to get open and that's what we saw. You hold on, you just you're not going to just glance over that hot take you just said. You believe that Gabriel Davis is at best a four or five receiver. No, Isaiah McKenzie Oh, okay. Isaiah McKenzie. I thought you said Gabriel day. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> McKin- you did say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Isaiah McKenzie can only beat it.
0: That's, yeah, that's what I think. He had 20 receptions for 178 yards on the season. A hundred and something of them, 110, 112, came in one game. And half of those receptions, one touchdown. I, uh... He had 47 rushing yards. That, that that's just not a that's not a great player. If he were if he were as good as people think he is, he would have been on the field more frequently.
1: Well, maybe opportunity didn't present itself. If next year Emmanuel Sanders doesn't come back for some reason, he definitely won't be back. Okay, and then if if Cole Beasley don't come back, and we went into the season with those three and, and Isaiah McKenzie being our third guy. You feel like that would be like horrific.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't think that a team with Super Bowl aspirations should roll into the season with McKenzie as their number three.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, you heard it here first. That's what <laughs> I take. I I wouldn't go that far. I I'm, I wouldn't say that you are wrong in your assessments and your arguments, but I would want to see it first before I say that. Okay. I would love to see him in maybe a third role because I think that's what it would be—the third receiver. Give him the ball, ends around. Have have a uh, Stefan Diggs at the one, Gabriel Davis at the two, and him at the three. I think that he could give us solid production with his rushing, also.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so I would love to see it at least for a year, and then and then if you if not, then you move forward the next offseason. Mm-hmm. That's all.
0: Well, we like I said, he's a. Go ahead. He's a free agent, and I think somebody's going to overpay for him.
1: Okay. Well, no, I don't want to overpay for him. Yeah. So.
0: Um, So that moves us to the offensive line. Lot to talk about there because you have five starting positions. You had some injuries. You had different combinations of players. There's a lot to consider with the offensive line, isn't there?
1: Yeah, man. My boy Marcus Manning, head of the Durham Sports Commission, always say, Newt, let's peel the onion. So we text each other every day. He's my high school quarterback, one of my best friends. And uh, we'll text each other and we'll put some riveting stuff on there. Like, hey, Newt, let's peel the onion on that. So I want to peel the onion on this. I gave our offensive line the second half of the season and the playoffs. I gave us a C. Okay. All right. The second half of the season was really only one black eye. That was like you mentioned the Jacksonville game. We gave up four sacks. After that, after that for the rest of the season and the playoffs, Josh Allen remained relatively clean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of that, once again, is just a decision making, knowing better where to go with the ball. But a lot of it was guys wasn't just flying up the middle in his face. And if it was, and he was able to elude it. Um, I definitely think our offensive line came together more the second half of the season, obviously, because our scheme might have changed, perhaps. Um, I'm looking forward to the new offensive uh, or all our new coaches and how this is all going to fit in. Um, Once again, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach, um, new offensive line coaches. So I'm interested in seeing how we're going to put this together. Can we get Cody Ford, all right? Can we get him together? Um, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm I would love to see what we're going to do as far as free agency and the draft, to see how that comes together. But in the playoff games, and you can really see by watching Cincinnati and their Super Bowl run how Joe Burrow was on his back all day, every day in those playoff games and even in the Super Bowl. All right. Um, since we last talked, the Cincinnati Bengals played, I believe, the Tennessee, and he got sacked like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And then even in the Super Bowl, I think he got sacked like, what, six, seven times maybe? Mm-hmm. So having a good offensive line, I think it's paramount for them to fix the offensive line this offseason because you don't want to ruin your quarterback with all the hits that they've taken. And we've seen that throughout uh, history of the NFL. Um, and I was worried about that with Josh Allen. Now I'm not as much. I'm very hopeful that we can get the offensive line together. And with different schemes in a running game, take pressure off uh people just pinning their ears back and getting the pass rush in.
0: So I also give them a C. And Looking at the final ranking for the season, Pro Football Focus had the Bills ranked as the 17th best offensive lineman based on the individual scores. Deion Dawkins rated the highest at 77.5 at left tackle. Ike Butker was the lowest ranked offensive lineman at 59.8. So they were fairly consistently in the 60s when it came to their scores. Spencer Brown, he... Had some ups and downs, as you would expect. Daryl Williams was not as good as he was a year before. Mitch Morris, Mitch Morris is who he is. He's a guy who struggles with real powerful players, but he's really good at pulling and getting outside. He's fast. He's light on his feet. I like the guy. And then you had Ryan Bates come in at the end of the season, and it seemed like the line gelled much better when he was in there. John Feliciano, he ended up in he ended up being injured, and he's looking more and more like a backup, especially when you have a guy play as well as Bates did. You have Cody Ford who early in the season played himself out of a job. <laughs> uh, but overall, the Bills have they don't have great players, but they have decent depth. They have a lot of guys who are similar players. Would you, would you agree with that, especially on in the inside?
1: I'd agree. i agree with that. Um, Well, I was trying to think about when you mentioned Mitch Morris and how much you like him, would you bring Mitch Morris back or do you think he's going to be a a salary cap casual? It's interesting because before the
0: season, I thought that he needed to go. I thought that he was a guy who was a single concussion away from his career being over. You did. Now, he has one more year left on his contract. I think he showed enough – that he can come back for another season, but this is entirely predicated on the type of scheme that they want to run with the offensive line. Like you said, new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach coming in. If they want to run a zone scheme, Mitch Morris can't come back. If they're going to commit to that, they can't have him back. If they're going to do the pulling scheme, bring back Mitch Morris give him a one year extension, lower the salary cap hit. Mhm. That's what I would think you would do. We'll see how Spencer Brown does in his second year. You know, he's athletic, he's got a nasty streak, he's got to work on his technique, but that's something we knew about him going into the season. He wasn't supposed to play his first year, but out of necessity he did. They're getting a C from me. Because I think they're middle of the road, but also I think coaching held them back. So it's it's hard to really get a, a good feel for them. So when we look at this, I, I'm, I'm looking across the board here. And you and I rated them the same in two positions. A running back, we both gave them a B-minus. Offensive line, we both gave them a C. At the quarterback position, you rated the Bills better than me, better than I did. You gave them an A plus. I gave them an A. And you're a at two positions, I gave better grades than you did at tight end and at receiver. Yes. So, in the end. I gave the Bills a slightly better GPA on offense than you did. Before we began this exercise, would you have
1: believed that that would be the case? No, not at all. No. (laughs) I would have never thought that. I would have thought that, you know, it would be the other way around. Why
0: am I so cynical and then I end up
1: giving a higher grade? Like, how is that possible? I just think you're trying to play along to our fan base. Stop it. I am not. I think you're just trying to throw us off the scent of you being a hater, and uh, you just trying to up the grades a little bit. You don't really believe what you say. I'm joking. Um, but can I go back real quick? I know we're wrapping this up, but I just want to go back to the Mitch Morris thing. Yeah. Uh, his his cap hit is $11.2 million mm-hmm. this year. His dead cap is like $3 million, $4 million. I think center is a position that you could fix in the first round of the draft.
0: Well, and let me ask be, you this.
1: And it will almost be a lock, like, oh, yeah, can't miss. Like, I can't mess this up.
0: What about John Feliciano taking over at center? How would you feel
1: about that? Mm, I wouldn't mind it. He's capable. Um, but then it's like, who's going to fill in around him? that That's, I guess... So if Feliciano takes over as center, then who's going to be your two starting guards? Then that's Darrell like Williams and Ryan Bates. So Ryan, we're going to Ryan Bates.
0: Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves because when it comes to roster construction, that's that's a topic for another time. But right?
1: No, I, no. But to answer your question, I guess I would have to see who's the guards around to see if I like you. Yeah. Um, I would be okay with that. I would probably be better with us drafting one. i will probably be yeah. better with us drafting one. So to answer your question, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know.
0: Yeah, they could have taken Creed Humphreys a year ago in the second round and had an all-pro, but... Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Bean. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You see, shout out to uh, Saran Neal, man. We resigned to him.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's good. Obviously, the Bills value their special teams contributors.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: is limited on defense and coverage, but he plays the run decently. I, I I like it. I I think that when you have a guy who plays well on special teams, he's more valuable than the money you actually pay him. All right. Well, hey buddy, it has been a while since we've done this, but I like I like what you had to say. And again, anybody out there that agrees or disagrees with us. Do add us on Twitter. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He's at big underscore Newt. And Newt,
1: do you have a song? Praise, man. Prayers up to the Ukraine, man. The conflict that's going over on overseas, man. So pray for their loved ones and their people. So they're our brothers also. We're all human in this world. hey, hey.